I'm not pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work at Home Edition. Okay, so one of the series I do from time to time is I do a Year of Magic series where I go through every year in magic and I talk about what happened that year. Uh, Last time I did one, it was 2017. So today I'm going to talk all about 2018. Okay, so we start January 13th of 2018. Rivals of Ixalan comes out. So it's 196 cards, 5 basic lands, 70 commons, 60 uncommons, 48 rares, 13 mythic rares. Uh, Codename of Eggs. Uh, It was Ham and Eggs. Ixalan was Ham. Uh, Designed, developed uh, by, or led by Ben Hayes. So the brand new mechanic in the set was called Ascend. Um, And the idea of Ascend is if you had 10 or more permanents, you permanently gain the city's blessing. And then there were cards that got upgraded if you had the city's blessing. Um, It had returning mechanics. So it had... uh, uh, transforming double-faced cards. Uh, all of them had lands on the back, like Ixalan. Uh, I had Enrage that was tied with the dinosaurs. It had Explore. It had Raid that was mostly tied to the pirates. Um, and it also, re- the returning mechanical theme was Typal. Uh, dinosaurs and merfolk and pirates and vampires. Uh, those creature types all mattered. Uh, January 16th was start of the Great Designer Search 3. So uh, basically, the Great Designer Search, for those who don't know what it is, I've done podcasts on this, um, kind of like a reality show where we find the next new designer. Uh, and a lot of our designers have come through the Great Designer Search. It's actually been a, probably the best tool we've ever made to find designers. Uh, so it started in January 16th. Okay, February uh, 2nd through the 4th was Pro Tour Rivals of Ixlan in Bilbao, Spain. Uh, so the formats for it were Modern and Ixalan slash Rivals of Ixalan Booster Draft. Um, modern had not been a format in the Pro Tour for two years, so this was sort of Modern coming back. Um, I'm going to say a lot of names in this podcast, and I apologize ahead of time for the names that I mess up. I will do the best I can. Uh, so the winner was Luis Salvato from Argentina, who defeated Jerry Thompson of the USA 3-0. to zero. Uh, The rest of the top eight in order was Pascal Vieren from Belgium, Ken Yukihiro from Japan, Javier Dominguez from Spain, Reed Duke from the United States, uh, Jean-Emmanuel from France, and Andrea Minaguchi from, uh, from Italy. Um, okay, March 16th, was uh, we released a set called Masters 25. So one of the things about 2018 that will pop up a couple times is it's the 25th anniversary of Magic. Magic came out in 1993, so this was the 25th anniversary. Uh, we didn't do nearly as much for the 20th anniversary as, than we, as we did for the 30th anniversary, but we did a few things, one of which was this product. So it was uh, 249 cards, 101 commons, 80 uncommons, 53 rares, 15 mythic rares. Uh, uh, the gimmick of Master 25 was similar to a gimmick we had done in 8th edition, where there was at least one card reprinted from every product. Uh, the exceptions were unset, since they weren't legal in tournaments, and no, relisc- no reserve list cards were used. Uh, but other than those constraints, every set had a card represented. Uh, it was designed to be drafted. Uh, the design was led by Adam Prosak. Um, and it was kind of this cool thing to experience all of Magic all 25 years at the time. Okay, next up. Uh, on April 6th, Dual Decks, Elves versus Inventors. Uh, this was the 21st Dual Deck and the last Dual Deck, sadly. Uh, we ended up not doing any more Dual Decks after this one. So for those that don't remember, because this was, I guess, five years ago, uh, Dual Decks were two 60-card theme decks uh, that were pre-constructed. 
This particular series of decks had a theme of nature versus artifice, which is sort of a core green-boo conflict. So uh, the elves were the nature side of it. The inventors were the artifice side of it. Um, uh, this was also led by Adam Prosek. You hear Adam's name. He did a lot of the supplementary stuff at the time. So uh, a lot of there's a lot of individual products that Adam worked on. Um, okay, also on April 6th, we released the Challenger decks. So this was four 75-card decks, although 60 were main, 15 were sideboard cards, uh, using 81 unique cards between them. The idea of the Challenger decks were they were standard legal, so the cards were almost exclusively from Kaladesh blocks and Amonkhet blocks. Uh, and they came with a spin-down counter, a reference guide, and a box for the deck that fit 75 cards sleeved. Um, the idea here was we wanted to help people get into standard, so we made uh, some decks that you could take to your Friday Night Magic. Um, they were designed to be competitive at like a Friday Night Magic scene. They weren't top-tier you know, uh, decks, but they were something that if you took to your Friday Night Magic, uh, you could play with and, and do okay. Okay, next up, on April 27th, was the release of Dominaria. So Dominari had 269 cards, 20 basic lands, 101 commons, 80 uncommons, 53 rares, 15 mythic rares. By the way, 101 commons, 80 uncommons, 53 rares, 15 mythic rares. You'll see this is the, the mainstay. From time to time, we tweak our sets. But at the time, this was the mainstay for what uh, sets were. Sometimes they basic land or not, depending on reprints and what the set was. Um, and the numbers could tweak a little bit based on other factors. Uh, uh, I'll get to that in another set down the road. Um, anyway, so Dominaria was a return to Dominaria, the, uh, the place that magic had first appeared and was the home for a majority of the sets in the first 10 years of magic. But we had gone away and explored the multiverse, and we hadn't been back to Dominaria, I think, in 13 years since um, Time Spiral Block was the last time we'd been in Dominaria. Uh, anyway, so we, we wanted to go back to Dominaria, and we wanted to sort of... Um, Treat it like a, like how we treated planes now, that most planes have sort of a theme to them and that we wanted to sort of give a theme to Dominaria, which is tricky since so much had happened in Dominaria. Uh, the theme we ended up with is sort of a theme of history, that it's a world whose present is much defined by its past, was our, our little line. Um, anyway, I led the vision design for this. Eric Lauer and Dave Humphreys uh, led set design. Um, uh, it did have a buy-a-box card and 10 additional cards uh, that were in the, the Planeswalker decks. Um, so each booster had a legendary creature in it. Um, we had done some of this in the past, but the idea of uh, having some known quantity always show up that's thematic for the set, um, it, it, I wouldn't say this is where it started, but it definitely it had a really big impact and really influenced us. And so we don't do it every set now, but we do it a lot. We, we like the idea that there's some known quantity that's in theme that you know that you'll get. Uh, there are two new things in the set. Uh, the, the new mechanic was historic. So historic uh, was us sort of batching things. And, and this really, this, this new concept of taking existing things that already existed in the game, but caring about them. So historic cares about artifacts, legendary permits, and sagas. I'll get to sagas in a second. That was also a new thing. Um, but the idea of Historic is we were trying to care about the past, and Historic did a good job of caring about um, the sets around us had a graveyard theme. And so the, the low-hanging fruit for the past would be the graveyard, uh, but we couldn't do that because of sets around us. So we ended up doing Historic, um, which is a mechanic that has come back. Uh, you'll see uh, the Doctor Who decks. One of the Doctor Who decks that's coming out shortly has uh, Historic as one, one, of the or one of the main mechanics of the, of the deck. Uh, we also introduced Sagas. This is where Sagas first came up. Uh, we were trying to represent the idea of a story. 
Uh, so Saga's made use of a mechanic that we'd abandoned when trying to do Planeswalkers uh, because it felt too prescriptive. Um, but for a story, which happens in a certain order, it actually felt correct. So we introduced Sagas here. They had a brand new frame. Still enchantments. It's, uh, Sagas and enchantment subtype. Uh, but it had a brand new frame. The art sort of showed the story through the lens of how they told stories. And there were a lot of really cool sort of art treatments there. Uh, anyway, Sagas have gone on to become very popular. Uh, and so, so much so they're assiduous. Uh, and we use them all the, all the time now. Including the Doctor Who deck that I just talked about. I uh, have, have sagas for lots of different episodes. Okay, the returning mechanic in the set was Kicker. Uh, Kicker was an old... We wanted to have one mechanic that came back from... That, that had premiered in um, Dominaria, so we chose Kicker. Um, once again, um, some of our other choices have been used in sets around it. So, um, I mean, Kicker's a fine mechanic. Uh, it, it didn't quite play in the history theme as well as, like, Flashback would have worked better, but we'd use Flashback somewhere else, so... Okay, uh, this was the first what we call the three-in-one model. So Magic for a long time, the way it worked was large, small, small. They had blocks. Uh, then eventually we did blocks where some of the time was large, small, large. Uh, then we changed to a, the, the two-and-two system where blocks were one large, one small. Uh, and Dominaria was the change to what we call the three-in-one system where um, there were three sets in a row, uh, although the sets didn't necessarily have to be on the same world. Um, and then the one, there would be a, a core set. Um, we've since moved on from this because core sets went away. But uh, this was the return of the core set. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, one of the little gimmicks of the set that was cute was every set that had taken place on Dominaria, including stuff like Wrath that later got overlaid in Dominaria, were included somewhere in flavor text in the set as a little Easter egg. Okay, next up, June 1st through the 3rd, was Pro Tour Dominaria in Richmond, Virginia, in the United States. Uh, the formats were standard and Dominaria booster draft. Um, the winner, uh, Wyatt Darby from the United States, defeats Goncalo Pinto from Portugal, 3-2. to two. Uh, The rest of the top eight in order, <coughs> Owen Turnwald from the United States, Marcio Cavallo from Portugal, Kazuyuki Takamura from Japan, Thomas Hendricks from the Netherlands, Ernest Lim from Singapore, and Manuel Lenz from Austria. <coughs> June 8th, Ari Nee wins the Great Designer Search 3. So it had started back in January. It actually took... <coughs> Sorry, let me take a sip of water here. I'm coughing. It actually took um, six months. So for those who don't know, the real quick version, and once again, I have a podcast on this. Um... Anybody who was qualified could apply. You needed to be 18. You needed to be able to work in the United States because that's where the job was. Uh, if you win the job, you get a six-month internship that could transition to a full-time job. I think all of them have. Um, anyway, so you had to take a um, – first you wrote essays, and then you had to do a multiple-choice test. And then if you passed the multiple-choice test, you had to do a design test. And then if you passed the design test, we picked eight people. Uh, they were each given a design assignments every week that were judged by me and a panel of judges. Each week we would kick out one of the designers who'd had the worst overall performance, not just that one test, but all of them so far. Uh, and then at the end of it, there were three people left. Those three people came to Wizards. Uh, those three people were Ari Nee, Chris Mooney, and Jeremy Geis. Uh, those names should be familiar because all three of them have at some point... Uh, Ari worked and ended up leaving Wizards, but he worked at Wizards for a while. And both Chris and Jeremy still work at Wizards, um, uh, designing sets as we speak. Okay, June 8th was Commander Anthologies Volume 2. 
Uh, so basically what Commander Orthologies was is it took four previous Commander decks, pre-constructed decks that we had made, and combined them into a singular product. So there are four 100-card decks. Um, we Obviously, this is Volume 2, which implies there had been a Volume 1. Um, and anyway, we did that so people could get access to old c- Commander decks that weren't available anymore. Okay, June 8th was Battle Bond. Uh, so 254 cards, basically five basic land, 101 commons, 80 uncommons, 53 rares, 15 mythics as normal. Um, so this was a two-headed giant focused supplemental set. The idea was you drafted this with a partner um, and then you played against uh, – how did the draft – I think the way the draft worked is you drafted together and you drafted two cards out of each booster. I think is how it worked. Um, anyway uh, – the design, the, the design was led by Sean Main. The development was led by Gavin Verhey. It, it took place on the plain of Kylum in a stadium called Valor's Reach, which actually was the name of one of uh, – the, the main meeting room right by uh, R&D uh, in our old building was called Valor's Reach. Um, anyway, uh, the mechanics uh, – it had two – well, one new mechanic, one pseudo-new mechanic. I had assist – Assist was a mechanic where your teammate could help pay for the, for the spell. So if a spell had assist, you could tap mana for it and your partner could tap mana for it. Um, it also had the partner with mechanic, which was a riff off of partner. Uh, partner had been introduced in the commander deck. Um, and partner allowed you to choose two creatures with partner to become uh, your commander. Partner with means you can choose creature A and creature B. Like, partner with means these two specifically can be your commander, not that you can mix and match. Um, and a lot of the flavor of the set was this competition in Valor's Reach where pairs of two would fight each other. And so in the flavor, the creatures that would play with each other in the, in the, the legendary creatures would be paired with each other. Also, this is the introduction, this is the introduction of Will and Rowan, who are, are uh, planeswalkers that are paired with each other in this product. This was the, We actually had made them for Throne of Eldraine, but when we realized uh, the whole shtick is they shared a spark, and so we realized that we were looking for a set all about paired characters, it felt really cool to pair them since flavorfully they were paired together. Um, the set also used the support mechanic from Oath of the Gatewatch that sort of put counters on things. Um... And uh, it had a, a warrior typal theme, and then also there was a lot of caring about twos of things. Uh, there's this, this ongoing theme of partnership and pairing and caring about having two of something. Okay, June 15th was the signature spellbook. Uh, so it was eight cards, all flavored around Jace. So basically, it was all reprints. There was, one of them was randomly a foil. It had all new art. Uh, and this was the spiritual successor to From the Vault. Um, it was something that people could collect. So it's all reprint, but it had brand new art that put Jace onto famous cards from the past. Um, and anyway, the, I think this was the first one. There were, there were later ones. That, there were later signature spellbooks. This was the first one. Okay, June 22nd, we had the global series, Zhang Yingu versus Mu Yanling. Yanling? Um, so this was two 60-card decks, uh, primarily for the Chinese market, I think it was mono green. No, 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 no. It, it, they were two color. Um, Zhang Gengu, uh, he's green and Yanling is blue, but they each had a second color. Uh, so basically, they were two 60 card decks. Uh, it, was, it was basically made for the Chinese market. Um, we were trying to. Uh, Get a, uh, we were trying to make a product that would be a better starter product for people in China. So the cards were illustrated by Chinese artists. 
they were concepted to play into Chinese themes. Uh, each deck was led by a planeswalker that were Chinese planeswalkers. Um, the product was released only in Chinese simplified in English. Um, and even the basic lands, now there are no swamps because there's no black in either deck, but they were represented with actual Chinese locations. Um, the, the set was designed and developed by Adam Prosek. I said you'll hear his name a bunch. Um, so only the, this is the only global series ever made. We called it the global series, uh, but we haven't made it anymore. Like I said, the, this product really was made to be a starter deck for the, the Chinese market. Okay, June 13th, Corset 2019 comes out. Um, so again, this is uh, 280 cards. Uh, 20 basic lands, 111 commons, 80 uncommons, 53 rares, 16 mythic rares. 16? What's going on? I'll explain that in a second. Uh, there's an additional buy a box card and 25 additional new cards and Planeswalker decks. Uh, this was the 18th core set. But what happened basically was this wasn't going to be a core set. Originally, Dominaria was codenamed Soup. It was going to be Soup and Salad. Uh, and this was supposed to be Salad, which was the small set that went with Dominaria. Uh, the last minute, we changed it over to a core set. Uh, so it got made into a bigger set than it was going to be. Although, of course, that's a lot of reprints. Um, uh, the vision and set design was led by Ethan Fleischer. And the set had a Bolas, a Nicole Bolas theme. So that 16th Mythic Rare was a double-faced card. Um, so in Magic Origins, we had done five cards introducing the five original members of the Gatewatch that had a legendary version of the creature, and they sparked and transformed, or pseudo-transformed, into a um, Planeswalker version of, uh, of themselves. Uh, this was the same thing except with the Nicole Bolas, um, which is, it was a special thing to do. In fact, in order to do this, we had to make a single sheet of nothing but Nicole Bolas, but he was the focus and the theme of the deck. That, that was the theme. Uh, and so you got a Bolas. And then and in the set, by the way, there are a whole bunch of characters and legendary creatures and things tied to Bolas in the set. Okay, August 3rd to the 5th was Pro Tour 25 anniversary in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the United States. Um, so the format was Team Trios Constructed. So what that meant was you made a team of three, and then one of you played Standard, one of you played Modern, and one of you played Legacy. And then when you played, you had your team had to win two out of your three matches to win the, the whole match. So the winners were Alan Wu of the United States, Ben Hull of Canada, and Gregory Orange of the United States. Uh, and they defeated Josh Utter-Layden of the United States, Ben Stark of the United States, and Martin Huza of the Czech Republic. Uh, they defeated them two to one. Uh, the rest of the top four, because it's cut to a top four, was Marcelo Cavallo from Portugal, Tiago Sabarito from Brazil, and Carlos Romao from Brazil. Uh, and then the last team was Christophe Gregoire from Belgium, Brinko Nairnik from Belgium. I apologize for these names. Thomas van der Pelt from Belgium. Uh, so that was a, a Belgian team. Um, okay, September 27th, uh, Magic the Gathering Arena opens for beta. Uh, so this was the first time that people could play Magic the Gathering Arena. Obviously, it went on to do great things. Okay, October 5th was the release of Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, so this is 259 cards, um, uh, the, the, the same normal, 111 commons, 80 uncommons, 53 rares, 15 mythic rares, um, it, by the way, technically only had 254 unique cards uh, because each gate was on the common uh, slot twice. So the way this worked was there was no basic land in the boosters. You can get them in the Planeswalker decks or in the bundle. Um, but the idea was that you would get, instead of that, you would get um, gates. But there are there gates, there are um, five gates doubled because there were two on the cheap. So there were 10 total gates, uh, two for each of the five guilds here. Um, and you got that in place of the basic land. 
Um, I led the vision design for this set, and Eric Lauer led the set design. Um, so uh, each, because this is a Ravnica set, each guild had its own mechanic. Uh, so Demir, blue-black, had Surveil, that you might know, because now it is uh, evergreen. Uh, so basically, it's like Scribe, but instead of the cards going to the top of the library, they go to the graveyard. Uh, Celesnia had Convoke. Uh, it was the one mechanic brought back. Uh, Celesnia had done Convoke before, um, but we brought it back because it's such a fun mechanic. Is it had Jumpstart. Uh, so Jumpstart is sort of a flashback variant that requires you to discard a card. Is it being blue-red? Celesnia being green-white, obviously. Uh, Golgari had Undergrowth. Um, Golgari being black-green. Uh, undergrowth all had effects that scaled based on how many creatures you had in your graveyard. And then finally, Boros, red-white, had Mentor. Uh, when you attacked with a Mentor creature, it could put a plus one, plus one counter on another creature you attacked with that was smaller than it. Um, so, uh, and then October 5th also released Spellslinger Starter Kit. So it was two 60-card decks, a mono-white deck versus a mono-green deck. It was a learn-to-play product. Uh, it was led by Ethan Fleischer, did the design. Um, and it came out the same time the Guilds of Ravnica because we were we keep experimenting with different ways to introduce people to the game. We've made a lot of different products. This was one such product. The idea was you could buy it, and it was a it was pre-constructed decks you can play against each other, but that were a little bit simpler. And then it came with stuff to help learn teach you how to play. Okay, next we get November 9th through the 11th. Uh, was Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica, held in Atlanta, Georgia, here in the U.S. Uh, the format was Standard and Guilds of Ravnica Booster Draft. The winner was Andrew Ellen Bogan from the United States, who defeats Luis Scott Vargas from the United States. Uh, the rest of the top eight in order was Taewon Hao from Singapore, Jeremy Dazani from France, Wilson Mock from Canada, Michael Bernat from USA, Casper uh, Nielsen from Denmark, and Yuya Watanabe um, from Japan. Uh, the... Um, November 16th was the release of Magic Game Night. Um, so this was a product we made. Um, we made it because we wanted to have an introductory product that was for casual multiplayer play. Uh, in fact, um, this was a product that had been pitched numerous times, and it was, we kept putting it on the back burner. Like, one day we have to make this. And so it was talked about. The idea essentially of Magic Game Night was... Uh, it functions more like a board game. It looks like a board game. It's something we could put in sort of mass market stores. Uh, so it came with five 60-card decks. Uh, I, believe they're, I think they're five monocolor decks, I believe. Um, and the power was similar to a Planeswalker deck. So they were, it was not super high-powered decks, uh, but they were balanced with each other so that you could play each other, you could play them against each other. Um, uh, and this was, the design was led by Andrew Veen. Um, Anyway, uh, we've, we've done other... I think Magic Game Nights, we've come back to this and done other versions of this. Okay, next, on December 7th, uh, Ultimate Masters. So 255 cards, again, 100, oh, this is 111 comments. Which sure 11 comments. Uh, 80 on comments, 53 rares, 16 mythic rares. Um, okay, so this was an all-reprint set. Uh, so it's a Master set. So Master sets are all reprints. Um, this particular one had a Graveyard Matters theme. Um, it was led by Adam Prosek and Jules Robbins. Um, so Masters was a, a, a series uh, that we did. I mean, we still do on occasion, I guess. But, um, uh, well, well, Masters are, are all products in which all the cards in it are reprints. They're designed to be drafted. Uh, and they tend to have different themes. This one had a graveyard theme. Um, 
Masters are tricky because they, they, they use up a lot of cards, and so we've been doing less uh, of them. Um, but uh, you'll notice in this particular year, we did two Masters, because not only did we do Ultimate Masters, but we also did Masters 25, I talked about back in March 16th. Um, I think at the time, uh, we, we've since figured out that you just can't do that many Master sets. They just chew up um, sort of reprints a little faster than we want. And so we do them on occasion. Uh, definitely don't do them two times a year and don't even do them every year. Um, but And we've found different ways to do reprint sets. So um, Masters is a particular brand we use. But we there's other things we do sometimes. I think we call them Masters, though. Okay, uh, the final thing of the year was on December 14th to the 16th, uh, the 2018 Magic World Cup in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, okay, so what happened was the very first, or not very first, uh, the second ever Magic Worlds in 1995, the first was in 94 at um, Gen Con. Uh, so the second ever was in um, the Seattle in 1995. And in it, we did a team, cha- a team championship um, now, in the early days, the team championship, all it did was it looked at how you did in the tournament and just the team that did the best in the tournament would win the team event. Later, as Worlds would evolve, we'd start having actual team events where the teams would compete against each other. Uh, eventually, we broke out the team part of the competition. And so instead of being part of Worlds, it became its own thing, which was called the Magic World Cup. Um, and so... Uh, the formats, normally there are teams of uh, three, I believe. I think it was teams of three. It's either three or four. I'm not blinking. I did not write this down, but um, it's either teams three or four. So this particular one, the formats were team sealed and team united standard. Unified, team unified standard. Um, so what unified standard means is your team has to make decks that if you combine all your decks into one deck, uh, it's a standard legal set. This makes me think these are teams of three because Unified usually do in teams of three versus teams of four. Um, so you, you played Sealed as a team. At, and the way Team Sealed works is you get product for enough for all three players and then you get to build your decks. But because you get more cards, the decks are, are more powered than they normally are. Um, anyway, uh, the team uh, Team France went on to win this, defeating Team Israel 2-0. to zero. Uh, the rest of the top eight was Team Hong Kong, Team Italy, Team Japan, Team China, Team Australia, and Team Slovakia. Um, the player of the year. So at the end of the year, uh, we would uh, there's a player of the year, the person who has the most sort of pro points from the year. Uh, Luis Salvato from Argentina. He had won one of the pro tours earlier in the year. Uh, the rookie of the year was Samuel uh, Illenfett. From the United States. Hope I didn't mispronounce that too badly. Um, also, at this, at the the end, uh, at this Magic Cup, they also did the Hall of Fame induction. Um, so Seth Manfield, the United States, and Lee Shi Tan from Hong Kong were both inducted into the Magic Hall of Fame. Um, anyway, this was a pretty full year. There was a lot going on. Um, one of the things you can see if you listen to all these, um, all my year ones, is you can definitely see how. Uh, like, if you go way back to early Magic, like, maybe we make three or four sets in a year. So just to recap, uh, here's all the things that came out in this year. Rivals of Ixalan, um, Masters 25, Dual Decks, Elves vs. Adventures, The Challenger Decks, Dominaria, uh, Commander Anthologies Volume 2, Battle Bond, Singer Spellbook Jace, Global Series, uh, Yangu vs. Yanling, um, Corset 2019, uh, Guilds of Ravnica, The Spellslinger Starter Deck, uh, Magic Game Night, and Ultimate Masters. 
Um, some of these would be things that would continue on. Some of them would be things that we didn't continue on with. But uh, anyway, I uh, hope you guys liked looking back at 2018. Uh, there was a lot that went on there. There was a lot of fun stuff. Um, my personal pick for my favorite of that year is The Great Designer Search. Um, it was a lot of fun to do, and uh, I got some really great designers out of it, so that was awesome. Um, oh, quick behind the... Uh, I'll tell a quick behind-the-scenes story, because I have a minute before I end today. Uh, great Designer Search 3, one of the weird things behind the scenes was that um, because this is technically... We're hiring people, it, HR has to get involved, um, and there, there's legal requirements and stuff. And so there was a lot of debate back and forth over what we needed to do before we could put it up for the, the audience to see it. Because the idea for each of the challenges is that the audience gets to see it. The original plan was that the audience would see the challenges at the same rate that people were doing them. So I think the challenges were two weeks apart from each other. Or I think they were three weeks apart from each other. Uh, we were trying to give enough time for them to work on them and us to grade them and stuff. Uh, so anyway, the plan was, as we started doing it, we would put them out when they did them. But there, because there was some debate of behind-the-scenes issues, we ended up doing it much, much condensed. And so I think the whole thing, from a public perspective, not from the players doing it, but from the public perspective, was, I think it was all done in like three weeks or something. It was really, really fast, um, which I'm sad because uh, I think it's a fun thing to play along with and it got a little too accelerated. Anyway, guys, that is 2018 in a nutshell. Um, at some point, I will do 2019, probably not right away, but... Uh, if you, uh, this is a series I've heard a lot of people enjoy. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the look at 2018. But I'm now at home. So we all know what that means. It means instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.